Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Bite Show podcast. I am your host, Jeremy Lawman Lamont, and I am joined by my inimitable co-host, Dale Count Elmdor Jones. How are you doing there, Dale? Don't even try to imit me. You, <laughs> you, if you do it, add the underscore, and it'll be like Evil Dale Jones. Yeah, and like then do like a mirror image of my avatar. Exactly. You, you, you picked up what I was putting down. Uh, well, Evil Dale Jones would probably play like a ton of multiplayer stuff. Like, he'd oh, like be, Madden, just all the time. Oh, oh my, oh, I hate yeah. that dude. That guy's got some moral problems. No, it'd be like, um, it'd be a lot of PUBG and, um, all right. you know, Overwatch. Probably do un- unboxing videos on his YouTube channel. But there would also be like a lot of Gran Turismo and, um, unboxing videos. <laughs> hey guys. A lot of reaction videos. <laughs> Uh, no, and you know what? The the uh, the thumbnail of the the video is gonna always have like a red arrow with some nothing circled on it, so that you and then like the like the like O face. I hate this guy. Yeah. I hate Evil Dale Jones. Yeah, he's bad. Don't uh, yeah. don't invite him into your world. No, please don't. Uh, invite Good Dale Jones. Uh, Good Dale Jones is here on. Well, it's like this... the Dale Cooper thing, right? It's a it's just a it's a thing with Dales, I guess. Oh. Just, uh... Yeah, that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty good reference to a pretty bad TV show. How did that end up? Did you did you were you satisfied with that? Uh, Twin Peaks season three? Yeah, it was yeah. awesome. I actually watched it through twice. Really? That's all. Uh, it's like seventeen episodes. That's weird because I just couldn't hang with it. I, and I, you know, I like me some avant-garde television, but I don't know. Dude. It was just yeah. it was just like they they kept throwing more things, and there were never any answers, and I just got bored. I was just like, you know. It's it's very strange, but it's it's so just like watchable for some reason, uh, <laughs> for some weird reason. Well, uh, I don't know. By all accounts, it was at least a. I, I mean, faithful to the series so. at large. So. I, I think people that you know like Twin Peaks were pretty much universally into it. Yeah, I think so, and yeah. I think I've always been kind of like tepid on Twin Peaks, and so I was. I kind of just dropped off. I had never seen any of it until, you know, like the months leading up to that when I watched it all the way through. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, the first ep- the first season is only like eight episodes or something. I mean, it's really short. And then the second season, um, where it kind of goes off the rails, it's, that's kind of like in the back half of the second season. Yes, and suddenly there's like aliens and spoilers and all no, kinds it's of just, things. It's just kind of dumb for a little while. But then it, it wraps up strong, and then there's the movie... Oh yeah, Firewalk with me, yeah. Yeah, with uh, Chris Isaac, <laughs> um, mm. is is in that, <laughs> and uh, and the, that movie is really good. Uh, it's very dark. That's some really dark material. <laughs> like you, uh, it, it just gets progressively darker, and uh, the movie especially is very dark. Um, yeah, and then parts of the what they're now calling, I guess, Twin Peaks: The Return, which is. I guess that's what they called it when it aired. They're, they're calling it like season three now, I think, if you buy the DVD package or the Blu-rays. Yeah. 
Well, I don't know. There's prob probably folks out there who have an opinion on this, and uh, either they like it, or they don't, or they've never heard of it. I really liked watching it, but I have not read any of the novels. Which That's there are probably okay. Like two novels, I think, written by um, what's the guy's name? Robert? Is it Robert Frost? Robert Frost, the poet. David Lynch, and then like his collaborator. It's like somebody Frost, Simon Frost, Robert Frost. Oh. Uh, the other guy wrote the two novels, basically. I think. Huh. I, I know that they have like a. This is like we're spending way too much time on Twin Peaks, but I know that there's like a uh, kind of a fictitious in-world guide to the town of Twin Peaks or something like that. Like, yeah, yeah. That's one of the. That's one of the books. I guess that's not one of the novels. I think there's two sort of latter-day companion novels that were written probably like in, say, the last five years or something like that. But then right. back in the day, I think there were another couple of books. And one, like you said, is in-world. And the other one, I think, might be like a collection of journal pieces, like a scrapbook sort of thing or something. Yeah, yeah, we, we, are, we are cutting this off. This is, like, way too much. That's where uh, I draw the line for yeah, Twin Peaks. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one, thing, one thing that I know for sure, Dale, that flavor of gum you like is going to come back in style. That's right. Mm. The, uh, the arm. They call that guy the arm. Yeah, is he also the tree? Yeah, because they, the actor couldn't come to an agreement on a fee to come back, so they yeah. replaced him with the tree. Yeah, yeah that's kind of weird. Whole thing's kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, well, guys, believe it or not, uh, we're not here to talk about TV shows, uh, no matter how good nor bad nor cult they may be. Uh, but instead, we're here to talk about the video games that we've been playing this week, as we do. And uh, you know what? I, of the two of us, I'm actually coming here with a fairly meager offering this week. But Dale, uh, my goodness. I got uh, a bunch of stuff on the list, but I'm not sure I want to talk about all of them. But we're going <laughs> to talk about every single one of them. Uh, before we do, though, I'm going to go ahead and talk about what I've played this week, which is uh, not necessarily new, and it's not something that I've... Um, it's not really my style of thing generally. I mean, it used to be, but it was, you know, the 90s or something back then. Uh, I had an opportunity this week to play Neverwinter Nights Enhanced wow. Edition uh, by Beamdog. Yeah. Uh, and I think the last time that I played something like this was probably like the original Baldur's Gate. Enhanced? Uh, or, or maybe... No, no, no. Like the like original. The original oh, yeah. Like a Baldur's wow. Gate at the time was like, wow, it's so cool and new. And that's how I remember it for always. Like, so you never played Planescape? Uh, no, no, I never played Planescape. Oh, for shame. Yeah, Damn. I know. I, I don't know if I can invest in that kind of reading anymore. Yeah, that is a very text-heavy game. If it's not in a tweet, like, I don't want to see it. Don't, don't show it to me. Yes. Yeah. There, there better be some memes involved. Neverwinter Nights, though, uh, Enhanced Edition, I guess I better always be clear about that. Uh, but it is a fairly straight up, I guess I would almost say it's like a, a, a modern day successor to like the old gold box D&D uh, &D games. Like a lot of those originally started out as sort of dungeon crawl type things, sort of mm -hmm. based on wizardry or the bard's tale. Uh, you have your, like, what, Temple of Elemental Evil. Yeah, that is a pretty serious dungeon crawl. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, this kind of takes that idea and makes it a little, it kind of adds some of the trappings of, like, you know, actual modern video games. So, uh, Neverwinter Nights originally and, and, and now, you know, I mean, essentially what they did with the Enhanced Edition was uh, the guys over at Beamdog, and I believe, um, I'm trying to think how they actually have the rights to this. I think... 
Uh, they just bought them. They must have just negotiated <laughs> it. Yeah, I don't think there's any any real well, the, lineage. The guy who's I guess he's kind of the head of Beam Dog is this guy Trent Oster, who is the brother of one of the like founding members of Bioware, I believe. Mm. Not not one of the two doctors, obviously. But there's no. there were there were maybe two or three other guys that were there, like at the founding of Bioware, and it, one of them was is this guy, or maybe maybe he, he himself, maybe both the both of them. Yeah, I think I think there group. I think there's some like family ties there, but I don't think it's like a direct. Yeah, I think it is a licensing agreement. Yeah, so they they sort of essentially took the original um, sort of Baldur's Gate. So now they have what what's called the Infinity Engine, right? Which is basically like a uh, sort of top down three quarters, like almost a Diablo style. Although the enhanced edition, and I don't remember Baldur's Gate really ever being able to change camera angles. I think it was mostly no, like a, it never did. I, I'm not, I don't even think it was like truly a 3D game either. No, it, it's not. And Neverwinter Nights is actually a different engine. Yeah, is it? So it's not. So that's yeah. not even the, not even the same thing. Yeah, yeah because Neverwinter Nights is a fully 3D game. It is polygonal. It is. And yeah. yeah. Oh, real quick, fun fact. While we're on the engine talk. Yeah. Um I could I think I remember the name of the Neverwinter Nights engine was like the Aurora engine or something like that. Oh yeah. But the original Witcher game was built on that same engine. Huh. The Witcher 1. You know what? I think the most interesting this is totally a side sidebar comment, but uh, I think the most interesting bit of trivia that I know about any sort of engine is that uh I don't know if you ever knew that racing game Kinetica on the PlayStation 2 where the yeah. people were like dressed up like motorcycles. Yeah, Did yeah. you know that God of War was based on that engine? The original God uh, of War used the same engine not. No yeah, as Kinetica. <laughs> That's like if I want to if I want to like really raise some eyebrows at a uh, cocktail party about video games. Was that um, a, like a Sony Santa Monica thing? Uh, yeah, yeah. And really? uh, oh. I, I think David Jaffe once tweeted that or something. It's funny, you like, know, because um, Devil May Cry was based on the Uniracers engine. Huh. Actually, I think I have heard that. That is that's really bizarre. <laughs> you know what Uniracers is, right? Yeah, it's like the SNES. Like, yeah, yeah there's uh, there's no way it's based on that. engine. Basically. <laughs> that's the joke. Yeah. Uh, so anyhow, uh, so Neverwinter Nights is essentially a straight up adaptation of Dungeons and Dragons rules. And I don't know what edition or, or any of that stuff, uh, but it uh, it basically takes the idea of some of those old gold box uh, D&D games that were dungeon crawlers. And it, and it sort of uh, extrudes them or extrapolates them now into a uh, third person sort of like top down. Like you kind of get the idea, the sense of. Uh, maybe maybe looking down on a pen and paper campaign where you have a little map drawn out or something like that. Um, and that's essentially what they've built is it, is it seems like it's really a bunch of uh, bits and pieces and, um, you know, little, um, I guess, diorama areas that are sort of populated with monsters and NPCs. Um, to describe it, it actually seems fairly straight laced. I mean, there's really not not too much to it, uh, but it's it's essentially a complexity of systems kind of idea. So uh, they have the standard character classes. You can generate a character from the beginning. It allows you to customize, uh, you know, a sort of a, a 3D model based on bits and parts of, of um, just whatever character pieces they have lying around. Uh, you can create your own classes. It includes things like your paladins and your warriors and your rogues and your sorcerers and, and, and those sorts of things, clerics. Uh, and essentially they will follow the rules of all of the, 
I mean, it's sort of that CRPG thing, what people used to say, where it essentially simulates all the dice rolls and kind of plays by plays by those rules. Uh, Neverwinter Nights takes place in the well, you start out in the in the city of of Neverwinter, and there's essentially this plague going on. That uh, I, I mean, it, it's essentially the setup for what could be a pen and paper. Uh, campaign, I guess, that you might yeah, play in totally. Dungeons and Dragons. And um, they set you up with a, you sort of start out in this academy and that's that kind of becomes the backdrop for learning how to use your character class um, and, you know, different instructors that you talk to. If you're not the right class, they're sort of built in with like, oh no, I don't want to talk to you. You're a rogue, but you know, I need to talk to magic people or or what have you. Um, and, and then things quickly, after you get your bearings, things quickly go downhill as the academy is attacked. Uh, some of the uh, monsters that were being held there to, you know, presumably extract, I don't know, monster juice to cure this plague, <laughs> uh, they are stolen away and uh, you suddenly find yourself deep into a world of intrigue and, uh, uh, you know, turn-based combat. Um, it actually is mostly real time. I mean, you you actually can pause things pretty frequently, so it kind of does the pausable real time. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. So you can kind of do the the Dragon Age sort of thing. It has a really interesting interface as far as sub menus go. Uh, left clicking will basically move you around and interact with things in the world, but if you right click on something, it actually brings up kind of this. It's like a cascading bubble menu or something. So you you right click on something and it'll bring up a a circle where uh, you can choose kind of some main areas. And then if you click on one of those other subcategories, that now becomes like the main bubble. And then you can choose from little subcategories of that, too. So you can you can choose things like uh, selecting a combat style. Uh, You can use specific abilities. Uh, for example, sneaking or, you know, picking locks. You can tell I've been playing as a, as a rogue class. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, the the other thing, too, is that your your character, of course, has a bunch of preset statistics, just like in, you know, any given RPG, which as you're speaking with NPCs, you may, for example, have a uh, charisma or a persuasion um, uh, aptitude, which means that you can access dialogue options that maybe aren't available to to other players. Um, and all of this works in a single player context in a pretty standard way, but I've actually been really impressed with a few of these games because I actually have Neverwinter Nights on PC, but on the Google Play Store, I have, uh, I think Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition and, um... So I played through Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition and, uh, it was really good. And and it's basically the same kind of thing. I mean, I I think they've essentially taken the scenarios... They've built the engine and then they take the scenarios from each of these things and then just kind of recreate, I guess, um, in, in the new in the new engine. The thing is, though, that uh, it actually is cross platform. Uh, and, and in this day and age, when that sort of thing is not a certainty, Sony, um, <laughs> you actually can play. I actually tested this out. In fact, I tested it with Jared on our stream. Uh, I played Icewind Dale on. A, well, actually, technically on a phone because I didn't have my tablet available. But the Android version of that straight up played with a PC version of the game. Oh, cool. Yeah, which is really impressive. I mean, I, I want to get to the point where we're not blown away by that sort of thing because it's just so normal and common Expected. and everybody knows that you can do it. Yes, exactly. But we tested it out. And uh, actually on our stream, we we got pretty much laid waste right at the beginning. We uh, we chased a, a quest in Icewind Dale where we were trying to help a, a young orphan boy, a little urchin, uh, to get back his fish from a band of orcs that had taken his catch. Uh, and we were we were basically mutilated at that point. So yeah, it was uh, it was rough. So check that out on our check that out on our YouTube archive. Um, 
Um, but uh, Neverwinter Nights also has that same thing. Uh, it, it actually uh, goes back to the idea of uh, servers and, uh, you know, you actually have a server browser in game so you can play with friends. If you're playing on Steam, I'm pretty sure the only storefront that supports it is Steam. One thing I've heard about Neverwinter Nights um, was that it was really created for with or with the the sort of person that would create their own RPG campaign yes. in mind, right? Yes. So it has like a really good or I guess expansive tool set for the building of your own environments and campaigns and stuff. Yeah, yeah that's also what I understand. Uh, and the thing is that when you go into those server browsers, so you can either play with the uh, you know the included campaign, which is kind of as I described it, the plague that that they're trying to sort of figure out and cure. Uh, or there are some weird things on that server browser. In fact, there are games that'll, as far as I can tell, would host up to two hundred players. Uh, and there are PvP mechanics, and there are, I mean, I didn't actually venture into any of those because I was just sort of trying out the main campaign, and, and I did play it multiplayer, and it actually was really solid. Um, in fact, they, they have it set up where, uh, you know, you can actually, as, as someone else is playing with you, you can see the dialogue that other characters are encountering with people, so you don't have to go up and everybody stand in line and talk to that NPC. They, they sort of make it so that it's, it's... I think it's really a pretty good fit for that to, to play through. Uh, but yeah, there are other custom games going on, and I don't know what is in them, but... Um, it, it actually looks like, and there's a fair number of people playing it too. I mean, I think I counted, uh, between two and 300 players across, you know, the, the top most populated servers. Um, so I, you know, and I don't even know exactly when this came out, 2000, let's see, Neverwinter Nights Enhanced Edition, uh, 2000, I'm seeing reviews on Metacritic from 2018. Yeah, actually, it looks like it's like about, yeah, like six oh, months ago, actually, okay, yeah. which uh, I, I did not realize that it was as new as it is. I, th I thought it was like three years ago. They did, um, I want to say they did Baldur's Gate 1 and 2, and then they did a, an original, The Siege of Dragonspear. And then they've also done, I think, both Icewind Dale games and Planescape, and then finally... Neverwinter Nights. They're, they've been really prolific. I mean, I, I know they've only been doing this for, I mean, a little while. It seems like some of this stuff was even crowdfunded at some point. Does that sound familiar? Um, I don't know. So Maybe. it, I, I feel oh, like, yeah. you know, back when, when Kickstarter was in its, you know, heyday, uh, I think I think that's when Beamdog was getting started with this. You're making but. me want to install, uh, reinstall Baldur's Gate to play through that uh, Siege of Dragonspear. You know what? If if it if it works, I will play the mobile version with you, and we will do we'll do some uh, yeah. like real uh, role playing. We're gonna I have my save thing. game still from Baldur's Gate, and that oh, can be yeah. carried over. You can, yes, absolutely. Yeah. You can, ca and not only that, but actually mods and stuff for the original game will carry over as well. It says uh, in the in like the help files or something. I was kind of noticing that. Um, so for those of you who maybe have memories of those, you know, those Aurora engine games or, or, uh, games of that era of, of that series, uh, you can basically pick up where you left off. So, you know, that campaign that you were making, you know, 20 years ago or whatever, <laughs> um, pick it back up and, and jump into, uh, some Finish of these it. new, yeah, exactly. Get, get it done. Accomplish something with your Finish life. The fight. Yeah. Uh, so that's mostly what I've been playing. Neverwinter Nights Enhanced Edition. I do plan to kind of play through more of it. I'm not sure how much I'll have to talk about it in the future, but if anything interesting happens, maybe I'll find out what's on some of those servers or, or some of those. I can only imagine they're like major PVP arenas or something like that. So I'll, I'll go in there and get my butt kicked and I'll, I'll bring some news back. Yeah, it'd be interesting to figure out what's what are people playing on, you know, uh, home homebrew or, you know, self-rolled uh, 
Neverwinter Nights stuff these days. Yeah, it is a particular breed of nerd, I think, that is uh, that has that has yeah. been caught in that little eddy of uh, that little corner of the of the stream of, of video games. Uh, but that's me, Dale. I see that you've got quite a list here, and I'm going to make you talk about every single game in the list. What's been up? All right. Well, let me let me go in. I guess reverse order here, or I'll just kind of hop around randomly. Uh, right. So. After the podcast last week, uh, you might remember I was somewhat on the fence about No Man's Sky. Yes. Uh, And I gave it another evening or two. Um, But then after after one session, I just kind of like the next day I was sort of thinking about and I was like, no, that game is just kind of a waste of time. So (laughs) um, I I just kind of gave up on that. Um, Okay. But it was it's basically just come down to. I think I can see too much the treadmill, the grind of just having to go and collect stuff over and over and over to to make endless widgets to collect more stuff to do more stuff. And I don't know if it, um, I don't know if the promise of of what the game offers for me is is worth all of the sort of tedium. But at the same time, so the other big problem with this game for me is that it's endlessly playable. That like. You never get to a point where you're like, okay, that's fine. I'm done for, for now. It's like, it just gets to be really late at night. And you're like, crap, I gotta go to bed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? It's, yeah. There's not like a, there's not like a definable end point no, to a given session. No, there's always something because every individual thing that you want to do is going to take you maybe 60 seconds, you know, yeah. like you don't really, every little goal, even the largest quest arcs or whatever are made up of these like much smaller achievable goals right mm-hmm. and so it's really good about pacing out uh that sort of thing you know if you want to follow those or you can like lose yourself in um exploring and looking for a certain element or whatever i never had that much trouble trying to find a certain thing the inventory can be a little bit fiddly sometimes uh but all of that was kind of like it's a it's a very playable game and it's a very mm-hmm. pretty game mm-hmm. um but it just it's like empty calories to some degree and it, like i mean it, all video games are right but they all sort of fall on that spectrum somewhere. So I'm going to put you on the spot then. How how does this differ from something like uh, Illy Dangerous? Oh, that's a good question. It's just like a different flavor. It's like Coke and Pepsi, right? It's just a oh, different okay. flavor, right? right? right. Um, there's, for me, um, I find the most important difference between the two and, and you know, probably the overall, my favorite uh, aspect about Elite Dangerous is that it is set in a model of our galaxy, and hmm. it's not just like a fudged uh, infinite star field where they can say, "Oh, you guys are playing together." Well, you know, you just happen to be two stars away from each other. You know, <laughs> it's, no, but that's it's, the most convenient part of it. Like, how can you? How can yeah, you? Yeah, that's convenient. That's convenient. Yeah, it's also oh. convenient how like every planet is like they're all on the same side of the star. In every right, system, right. and they all have, they all have like red, blue, and yellow resources. Convenient. Yeah, and they all have an atmosphere. It seems like I, I don't. Maybe they don't all have an atmosphere. I didn't find it. It didn't have an atmosphere. Yeah, that's the that's the thing. I was I was gonna try to you know talk about the game without comparing it too much to Elite. <laughs> oh <laughs> you know, no, but, well, you're you're gonna stare this in the face. Yeah, I, I since you brought it up, um, having played a healthy amount of both games, uh, let, let me just look at my my clock here for No Man's Sky. Um, You'll just get depressed. 64 hours. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, you know, I'm speaking from a position of experience here. Sure. Okay. And and with, with Elite, it's more like... 600? 350, probably. Oh, man. Something like that. Yeah. So, with Elite, I can, like, I can go to 
these like fan created and, 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 you know, community maintained websites where through the effort of, you know, thousands of players of the game who willingly take <laughs> a log file from their like uh, directory and upload it to a site, they all come together and form like a, a community driven mapping of the galaxy. Okay. And it's this whole website that tracks, it's called the Elite Dangerous Star Map, and it tracks all the contributions from all the people who have bothered to do this, right? right. And what it does is it records all of the like jump distances from star system to star system. It also records the like locations of uh, inhabited space. And I think there's even stuff that links into it, maybe from other websites that track what's on the market, at each of the individual um, space stations. Right. And it's just that sort of immensity of, of the galaxy. And it's not, I mean, it's a lot of it is procedurally generated because in real life, we don't have a lot of information about, the star makeup of the galaxy other than what we do have is kind of baseline. A lot of it's local. So they have to do a lot of sort of like, um, extrapolation. Yeah, exactly. Extrapolation. Uh, and so it's not like every star you visit and every planet you visit is like a real thing that we've ever found in the universe. Cause it's just not, but it's all based on their like what stellar forge technology. That's like derived from what we actually know of, physics and how planets are formed and all that stuff so okay. it's the best we can really feasibly do okay um and it you know i mean allowance for, for the fact that you can do faster than light travel and everything which sure. you as far as we know is impossible in the real world uh i just find elite dangerous extremely compelling um it's much more all of right. a I'm, i wouldn't i wouldn't call it hard sci-fi exactly but it's there's that sort of fantastic aspect of no man's sky uh you know everybody says it looks like novel covers from sci-fi books or whatever right um and whereas elite is not that but also you know it's not like i I mean i don't know so so what i'm getting from this is that you really just think that my character in no man's sky is ridiculous and that's why you don't like the game yeah and mine's ridiculous too they're all ridiculous everybody's kind of also like what's with these like the sentinels on every single planet has the exact same i don't i don't really know what that's all about the precursor races or something that's a good mystery Um, though i i it's not anything that see no man's sky doesn't hold up at all to the sort of um picking a part of of like the the mythology or whatever it just Mm -hmm. it just it's it's more of a thing that you kind of like experience and turn off your brain to some degree uh, I mean, it's good at doing that, right? Yeah, but how about those jump distances, though, in Elite Dangerous? Like, you're literally sitting there for... Yeah, those are crazy. Yeah, like, I don't know. You, you, like, when you're when you're flying from planet to planet within the same solar yes. system? Yeah, yeah those like, can get pretty lengthy at times, for sure. It seems like that's a lot of the game, though. And I'm not, it you is. know, I, I'll tell you, I'm not going to judge you and say, like, oh, you have to like both. I guess I was just trying to figure out, because it seems like some of the things that you've described that are the good parts of Elite Dangerous are, like, the really inconvenient and and dry yeah. parts of it you know no, absolutely but then but then no man's sky is specifically built to be i mean whether or not you find it fun it's, it's a different built kind to be of tedium. like loops like loops and you know you yeah. you you know get these get the you know dig in here to get these resources to build this thing to be able to get resources better and build your ship and go yeah. somewhere else and uh which i don't know i guess on the surface it seems to me like it would be kind of the reverse like somebody would conceivably say wow elite dangerous is just like a lot of 
you know, boring well, so you real sci-fi. You can go around and do a lot of that same stuff where it's like in, in Elite, you basically never leave your ship. So you right. can do yeah. all your mining. You're just mining an asteroid belt, you know, or yeah. you can you can land on a, on a moon and then take your rover out and mine moon rocks, right? <laughs> you, you can do all that same stuff. You yeah. can also do the um, arbitrage game where you like uh, pack your cargo hold full of widgets in one place and then go somewhere else and sell them, right? And yeah, that yeah, whole yeah. thing. Sure. You can do the um, bounty hunter flying around and or you can do piracy or what all, all that stuff what i spend most of my time doing in elite is just exploring the galaxy and so what it really revolves what, what it boils down to it's like you jump into a star system check out the map oh what did i get this time it's like opening a pack of cards or something right you like open up the star system map and it's like oh well this one's like just one star there's nothing around it or sometimes it's like 10 stars of different um sizes and things and like some of them have planets around them sometimes you get like groups of planets that are somehow gravitationally like between a couple of stars that revolve around each other um and so what you do is you like look at the map and you're like is there anything interesting here is there anything i want to go and scan because it's going to be worth a lot of money later and if you find water worlds or um gas giants of a certain sort that might have life on them or um earth-like planets those are the ones that are really worth a lot of money and that's what you're ultimately looking for out there in the, in the void. Um, but the, also the, the best thing about the really probably my favorite overall thing about the game is just like loading up the galaxy map. And, uh, there's like 4 billion stars in that thing. And so it's absolutely immense. And then just trying to like chart your journey, uh, you know, a hundred or like a thousand light years at a time, um, across the galaxy. It's, it's pretty crazy. Dale, sometimes you're an enigma to me. No, well, <laughs> <laughs> all right well there you go so no no man's sky thumbs down illy dangerous thumbs up. i mean keep in mind i played 64 hours of no it, i know right? so, i'm not i'm not questioning your you know i'm just i was just trying to figure out the basis and i think i'm coming to realize that i cannot so i right <laughs> anyway it's all right that's fine so all right so yeah so no man's sky uh what else is on your list um, continuing to play Final Fantasy XIV. Actually, I, I um, uh, started the subscription to it the other day. So, oh, so you're you're in first time first time in a while. Yeah. Well, the, that's me too. I'm I'm in it for another month at least. Actually, that's not really true because I was paying for eleven for no, was I? I think I did. Maybe it's I don't know. First time in a little while that I hmm. did a subscription. Sure. Um, and I don't really have a huge progress update on that other than to say if you're familiar with the main plot and if it plays out the same for everybody which mm-hmm. i'm not sure if it does or not yeah, as far as i know yeah the first uh titan what do they call them not espers uh the no primals. they're uh primals yeah primals. Big... yeah so i fought the first primal i fought was ifrit early on and then the next one was titan uh i think ramu i'm not gonna have to fight and then garuda is next so I'm I'm gonna go and do some stuff, and then eventually it's gonna culminate in a fight against Garuda. Have you started unlocking your job yet? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, okay. I've, I've, oh, that's uh, right. We talked about that last time. That's right. I'm I'm like level 44 now. I think. Oh wow! Warrior. Jeez, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, it took me it took me years. Oh well, it's they they give way more experience now than they used to. They've done a whole bunch of stuff. I tried opening up my other character classes and like all the abilities that I had very carefully manicured are now all obsoleted. They're just not oh, yeah. even there anymore. I'm so. Yeah, I mean, and they, you know, they most do this, right? Like WoW does it like every expansion probably, or, or if not more often, they just completely uproot everything and build in a new skill system or whatnot. 
maybe I should just be happy that I'm not that invested that, you know, that I'm actually up to date on all that stuff. I'm just like pleasantly or unpleasantly surprised. Yeah. Although it can be a pain sometimes, uh, like especially when you're coming back to the game after a long time away and all you can really go on is what you kind of remember. But then right. to have that be useless now also. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. That's me. So the lesson there is never stop playing. I've sound advice. Yeah. Sound advice. Play it forever. Speaking um, of which. Uh, Spelunky uh, yeah. is a game that I've <laughs> been playing forever. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we know what brought this on was was that I had um, – I had this like weird craving for like a 2D uh, action platformer thing. And um, so I, I, I got, uh, uh, I, I picked up my old save of uh, La Mulana, which uh-huh. uh, if you've ever played that, it's extremely challenging and it's extremely um, uh, rigid in its control. Yeah. Scheme. Unf- unforgiving. Yeah. Yeah. It, it feels like an old NES Castlevania game, like before they got very fluid and, and right. fast paced. Like right. with Symphony of the Night, right? And um, uh, I mean, it's a cool game. It's it's very cool, and I was very impressed by um, some of the stuff I saw from the the late game one time. Um, so, is this your first time with La Mulana, or no, no? I've, I've played it. Um, I mean, I've never gotten all that far into it, uh, right? But okay. no, I've played it some before. I guess ultimately, it just wasn't really it, it wasn't really what I was looking for this time. But it's it's still a cool game, and actually, the sequel has just recently come out. So La Mulana Two is there for any of you guys that want some like really hardcore platforming action. But the other part about it is that it actually has really hardcore puzzle solving too, like the type of thing where you're gonna want to like have a notepad and be writing stuff down, and taking notes, and remembering secret words and glyphs in the background of certain rooms and all this other stuff. Are, are the levels authored in La Mulana or is it like yes. a... Yeah, they are. Okay. So Spelunky, yeah, so totally randomly generated La yeah, Mulana. Yeah. La Mulana is not. La Mulana is much more like a, like a Metroid or a, a Castlevania. Okay. Metroidvania sort of all thing. Right. Except it's, it's probably every bit as hard as the hardest Castlevania when it comes to like action. And oh, every bit is like bewildering as um, like a one of those deja vu or shadow gate puzzle games you know did you ever play fez i did not okay all right because no. fez kind of has some i mean the platforming is fairly fluffy but uh, i should the, play that i think the I puzzles are like that yeah yeah this is much more in that direction I, i've definitely heard about some of the f- stuff fez was doing and yeah, yeah this is la mulana is much more in, in in puzzle sense it's much more like that right ah, okay um, uh, right. Where it's like because it casts you in the role of like the Indiana Jones esque uh, explorer right. of tombs, right? And right. it really has a lot to do with um, mythology and and like all, all sorts of stuff that's built into the game lore, which is really interesting. It just it makes it for a really difficult and involving sort of play experience. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Whereas what I really wanted was just like Spelunky again. Spelunky. So, so it, it caused your Spelunky herpes to flare up or something. Yeah. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then, um, so playing some Spelunky and then today, today they actually, they, they finally put out some, um, gameplay footage of Spelunky too. Um, did, did they? you see oh, that? I that? No, but no, it looks, it looks really good. I, I think Spelunky is as, I, I don't think I will ever be able to really apprehend Spelunky. Like I've never gotten past, What's the second level? Is that the jungly yeah, sort of level? Mm-hmm. I I think I I think I one time got to like an ice level. Yeah, the ice and, imme- and immediately died. And that's that's the third. Yeah, that's as far as I've ever been able to get. After the, the fourth one is the sort of like 
Olmec inspired uh, temple yeah. level. But it's yeah. it's weird. It's got like fer- fer- Egyptian pharaonic sort of stuff. Like there's the well throughout the whole game. There's like the Eye of Horus. There's uh, there's like the Ankh that you can get, mm-hmm. and then um, lately in the pharaoh or the the temple level, there's like this. Uh, what is it? Anubis, like the 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 dog, the jackal, god, the dog, jackal. Yeah. yeah, the jackal. Um, like he's one of the characters in there. Huh. And um, but then at the end of the game, the boss fight, um, which I've gotten to. Uh, but I've never been able to beat yet is is Olmec, right? Um, but if you do it a certain way and you beat Olmec with all the right items and stuff with you, then you can go to the, to hell, which is like a fifth stratum of of levels, and then there's like a another boss at the end of that that is. Yeah, I don't I don't know about Spelunky, man. I just I, th- I think that one just evades me. Is yeah, I I'm. Uh, of the opinion that it's almost about as perfect as you can get for for a video game. It's hmm. just about flawless in everything it sets out to do. Um, and oh, and wow. in fact, maybe it is the perfect sort of paragon apotheosis of that sort of thing. Well, clearly not, because now there's Spelunky 2. Spelunky 2. Yeah, and that was actually one of the questions that... So it was Sony, the Sony blog that put this out today, and they actually had a short interview just a few set of questions with uh with Derek Yu who's the the guy who's yeah moss the, mouth the, yeah exactly he's basically the main creator on mm-hmm. Spelunky and what he was saying is that how, how do you improve upon Spelunky which a lot of people look at as like like I said basically like a perfect game there's like nothing wrong with it so what do you do and it's like not just I mean to some degree it's like well you just make more of it but then you also want to kind of add things without changing the nature of it too much you know and so if you look at the video for for two um it's interesting because there's now some fluid dynamics stuff in there like uh uh you know shooter pixel junk uh shooter or whatever no yeah where the like the water will fill up and Mm -hmm. then you can get lava on it and it'll turn to rock or whatever yeah i'm not sure they do that exactly but i definitely did see both water and lava being knocked around and stuff like uh you put a bomb down and it's like it blows out the bottom of the pond and then the water flows to the next part of the level, you know, that sort of right. thing. It looks cool. And it's apparently on the moon this time. You start on the moon and the whole thing huh. takes place on the moon, I guess. They've actually named the characters this time too. Weird. Ah, no good. That's like suddenly suddenly Link is a speaking character. They can't have that. <laughs> I'm definitely looking forward to Spelunky 2. It's, it's, a, it's a 2019 game, apparently. Uh, the uh, One of the other things I've played... Um, my penultimate game this time is I think it's a game that I've talked about on this podcast before it's um, Ares Extinction Agenda Ares with all dots like stalker or something Um, and this is a very uh, like Mega Man inspired sort of thing where it's a a 2.5D robot action shooting game where you go through levels and then there's bosses at the end um, part of the, another, I guess, sort of game craving that I had was sort of to play something like Mega Man X. And I hmm. could have just, you know, busted out my uh, SNES Classic and played Mega Man X. Uh, but that's like in the guest room in the closet. And oh, so yeah, I was you like, can't have that. I was like, I must have something on my Steam list that's, you know, that I already own that, uh, you know, uh, is approximates a Mega Man thing. And yeah, there was this one. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. So um, I loaded that up and my save was still there from when I was able to get to like the third level before or something. And uh, so I played a little bit of that and, you know, it's, it's pretty decent. 
but um, it's it's no Mega Man X. You know what no. I mean? No, no, um, didn't, didn't didn't flare up your your Mega Man herpes. <laughs> no, not no. quite. Uh, I I want to get the um, I want to get that collection, the Mega Man X collection. I'm just waiting for him to consolidate it into one collection instead of. From like what I five. hear, you don't actually even want the the games that are on the second part, which I think oh, really? is like five, five, six, and seven, or is it five through eight or whatever? I hear that those are not good. In fact, I've heard that I think one and two and maybe three are good. I'm not sure about four, but you know, to be honest, I've never played any of them except for the first huh. two. I believe was also a Super Nintendo game. Mega Man X two. I think it was. I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. But at some point they went on to other systems, right? Uh, yeah, they had them on PlayStation, I think. PS2? I'm not sure. Yeah, something like that. I, I am not a, I'm not a big Mega Man X player. I don't, I don't actually know. It's kind of a blind spot for me. I haven't played any Mega Mans past six either. So, seven, None eight, of the Megas Man. nine, ten, eleven is coming out at some point. Yeah, I haven't right. played any of those. Um, mm. despite playing mostly two through six a bunch when I was a kid. Right. Uh, anyway, the last on my list here is a game called Waking Mars. Have you seen this? I've heard the title. And, and is it, uh, I feel like uh, this one is a... This seems like a Jared special. Like yeah. He, this is probably one that he talked about at some point. Like a an adventure type game? Uh, kind of, yeah. So it's like, it starts off where um, it's like you, you're on, you're on the surface of Mars. And you are controlling a guy with a jetpack, uh, like infinite flying jetpack sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And you venture into these caves and um, just kind of go from there. And you're in con- you're in sort of constant contact with um, another sort of operative back at the at the science base. And uh, she's sort of like um, feeding you info on the things that you see. And so like you actually start to see like plants and stuff down there. And so she's like, oh, wow, you, you're the first person to ever discover life on Mars. How does it feel? And, you know, all this stuff. Right. And it kind of quickly develops into a kind of a puzzle game where um, you – how does it start off? It's like you find a dormant seed somewhere, and then you're able to, like, move it to what looks like a fertile patch of ground. And then um, these plants start appearing uh, that are sort of like sentient um, – they're kind of like animal plant hybrid things uh, where they move around and stuff. And right, uh, right. then they will like shoot their seeds and um, bubbles of water at you. And then <laughs> you collect these things and then move them on to like other fertile patches of ground. And basically what you're doing is um, creating mechanisms to get through the environment because there are these other things called, uh, I don't know, they give them some sciencey name for them, but it's basically like just a gate that opens once you've, grown enough plants in a room. <laughs> ah. and so it's just a kind of an action puzzle exploration game uh, with controls that are kind of lunar lander, but not really punishing at all. I don't know if you can die by falling or anything. Maybe you can. Is, is, there, is there a physics-y element to it? No, not, no. not really, no. Hmm. Um, it it kind of looks a little bit to me like, uh, I don't know if you remember me talking about or if you had tried The Swapper, which was... Uh, I have not, no. It, it kind of looks to me like The Swapper, just from, from you know, I mean, kind of superficially, you know, spaceman in a suit. And in that yeah. game, you would teleport by, like, transplanting your consciousness into 
clones of yourself or something like that. And uh, yeah. I guess in here, here the gimmick is sort of the jetpack, but maybe there's not really. Maybe it's just sort of a tangential. So I haven't played the swapper, so I can't I can't tell you for sure. But I, I have a feeling this is a little bit different. Uh, yeah, this is this is definitely more actiony. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and you know it's cool. Uh, it was just it was kind of light. Um, it didn't get too seriously hard for the you know uh, almost an hour that I played it. Um, and I think I got probably like a quarter or a third of the way into it. So I don't think it's very long, really. Yeah, it seemed but, okay. Just not looks like no guns either. I mean, it's all just about. No, it's like what? a sciencey thing. Like uh, you're literally there doing like. Um, environmental research. Oh on, man, that on peaceful Mars. science. Uh, but then there's like a there's like a Mars quake, and um, and it has to do with the what. So what you did in the beginning to grow a bunch of plants has um, somehow caused like this sort of dormant fungal acid to kind of like come back to life, and oh, gross. and then with all that shifting around in the soil, there's like these. Mars quakes, right? And so then the um, science depot in the dome gets broken and shattered, and um, and then you're like stuck underground and you have to navigate your way out. And huh. then once you get out, uh, and this is to the, the point where I got. Once you get out, you're back in contact with your your girl back at the base, and she's like, "Oh, I had to evacuate and move to the other base, and uh, you need to come back to the to the main base from that one we were at." Um, which basically involves going back into the cave and then finding huh. like another route through down the side of the mountain to the main science base. Um, I didn't play anymore after that, but I mean, it, it really cool. seems like the swapper. You might like the swapper if you like, are, are you into like, um, like real puzzle? I mean, I guess you like La Mulana, right? It's kind of had a yeah. like hardcore puzzly sort of thing. If you have a copy of the swapper or come across it, I do. Um, it, it, uh, it might be worth like checking out and I'd be interested to hear your, your comparison. I remember there was some some talk I think from like uh, it was like Giant Bomb Game of the Year maybe. Oh wow, really? Wow. I mean, I liked it fine. I huh, interesting. Well, you know those guys do like those they, those guys go through like every single game when it comes to Game of the Year and like. Oh yeah. Basically, have a filibuster for every single one. Yeah. Then they eat a bunch of stuff on their podcast and bore me to death. <laughs> oh, just kidding, you guys. So you guys. haven't listened I'm, since 2009? Is that what you're saying? Basically, that's it. I mean, they, they killed it for me. I haven't, haven't been able to go back. Uh, so I've, I've not had my giant bomb herpes flare up either. So, yeah. <laughs> there's always tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> there is always tomorrow. And there's always later on in the week, folks. Uh, you know, your flare up of the Game Bite show uh, is bound to happen uh, a couple of times a week. Uh, weird metaphor. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's harmless. It's harmless. It's okay. It's okay, baby. It's, you know, it's nothing. Uh, but uh, we'll be back in just a few days to talk to you about the video game news and the new releases and a special topic of discussion. Um, I'll be out this week, but hopefully the guys will step up and we'll we'll have a show uh, at the top of the week. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be back sooner or later, of course. Uh, but uh, if you guys have anything that you'd like to say about the games that you've been playing, if you want to comment on uh, Neverwinter Nights or if you have a strong, strong opinions about No Man's Sky versus Elite Dangerous or the Spelunky thing, uh, definitely let us know about that. You can reach out to us on social media. Tell us all about it. You can find Find us collectively on Twitter at GameBite Show. You can also reach out to us individually. I am at Jeremy underscore Lamont. And I am at Count Elmdor. You can find our two podcasting co-hosts, Legrand Jolly is at Legrand, L-E-G-R-A-N-D-E, and Jared Redidon is at R-E-D underscore I on Twitter. Uh, you can also find Jared's work over at twitch.tv slash Show, where we stream games there at least once a week, sometimes more often. He's been doing a little bit of, uh, I think he did a little bit of Guild Wars this week, and uh, we had done uh, Jurassic Park Evolution a little bit earlier, which is a game that I had really wanted to see, and it looks 
pretty all right. I was actually I was actually pretty impressed. Uh, everybody, go check out our archive at YouTube.com/slash/GameBiteShow and see Jeremy T. the uh, dinosaur prance and frolic uh, in his uh, in his pen in uh, Jurassic World. So uh, lots of good stuff there. Uh, we also actually got to see uh, Super Blood Hockey in action, which was pretty fun. And uh, as I mentioned, we played a little bit of Icewind Dale and basically in the first 10 minutes got a complete party wipe. So we stopped playing that right away. Uh, yeah, it was it was pretty brutal. So uh, check that out over at twitch.tv slash show. Hit the subscribe button, check our YouTube uh, site. Uh, you can also go to www.gamebyteshow.com where you can check a sweet back catalog of all of our past shows. Lots of good stuff back in there. Lots of great opinions and uh, very little eating happens on this show so uh, you can rest assured that uh, mostly <laughs> mostly games uh, in little game bites for 30 minutes which is how we how, how we roll that's how we do it um, but uh, again that will do it for this episode of the game bite show podcast oh I'm sorry I forgot uh, you may also want to check out our extra life team at extra-life.org slash team slash game bite show uh, you can join there and uh, we'll be doing some extra life events in the next couple of months uh, you can join in and help us to raise money for for children in children's hospitals uh, who could really use a little bit of extra uh, financial kick in the shorts, so to speak. Um, so we'll uh, try and support the... Uh, um the community that way so definitely join us uh, also check out our discord server which you can find in the show notes lots of freebies rolling around in there we try and point you to the uh, upcoming goodies and uh, nice freebies that you can add to your account and uh, lots of good discussion and the occasional game club there uh, folks that'll do it for this episode of the game bite show podcast until next time this has been your show thank you so much and we will see you next time see you again in 25 years flare up <laughs>